After years of reporting on his failed state, I'm afraid Bruce Shapiro now has a failed state of health. Our Voice of America has lost his voice, rang in sick. But uh, fortunately, Brendan O'Connor has stepped into the breach. Brendan is a Professor of US Politics and Foreign Relations at the United States Studies Centre. Brendan, the, uh, the US response to the terrible events in uh, Israel, please. Well, the spokesperson from the National Security Council, Adrian Watson, described it as unprovoked attacks. I think that's wrong. I mean, I think there's a context here that in the Gaza Strip and in the West Bank, that life for Palestinian people has obviously been terrible. The erosion of a, a Palestinian really option of a state, uh, of a two-state solution. So these attacks uh, on civilians, um, I can see the White House rightly condemned these, but the situation was somewhat predictable, um, tragic in many regards for how people have been living in the Gaza Strip and the response, I suppose, is one we all wait nervously about and how that will be responded to by the US, I think will be something people will be very closely following around the world. Now, Joe Biden says he's uh, standing firmly with Israel, uh, but does he have the backing and support from his own party, uh, Brendan? Well, I think at the moment, strong support in the Congress. But what was interesting immediately that the State Department put out a statement saying, look, there needs to be kind of cool heads on both sides, not overreacting. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, was backing the Turkish kind of moves for some kind of ceasefire or advocacy of the ceasefire. And those posts uh, that were made were taken down because of the sense of the Republican Party is going to make this into a major issue. It's going to play up any kind of criticism of Israel domestically. So that is always the challenge the Democrats have and having some sense of the, the Democrats don't have a record of being even handed Clinton or Obama. But when they call for moderation, the Republicans are always going to condemn them as, you know, being appeasers. Now, Americans are among those killed in the conflict and uh, there's a grim possibility that US citizens could be amongst the hundred or so hostages taken thus far. How might Biden respond? In fact, what are his options? Well, there's probably reports that 11 Americans were killed in the sort of 900 or so people that were killed in the initial attacks. Um, I mean, this could play out as one of those kind of television dramas in the United States. The Iranian hostages obviously was the most dramatic of, um, of American hostages in the past. It will just make Biden's position on condemning, you know, the Netanyahu government, who he's had very strong issues with, as Obama did, as Bill Clinton did, the ability for the United States and to any way act as a kind of even broker is, I think, that that's long gone. Many people have talked about the United States being Israel's lawyer in many of the negotiations. So Biden, I think, would would wanted to wish this problem away. In some regards, he'd continued the policy of the Trump administration and these wanting these Abraham Accords between Israel and the UAE and onto with Saudi Arabia. And he really has other bigger problems to deal with. I mean, I think the sense of the administration was to downgrade the Palestinian issue. I think only a week ago and say America has to deal much more with the Asia-Pacific, much more with NATO, many other issues. So I think this is the last thing Biden wants his attention 
to be sort of dramatically on. Talking to Brendan O'Connor, let's now look at the clown car of the Republicans. How does having an acting House speaker impact <laughs> on the response to events in Israel? Well, I think it makes passing money bills hard. It makes passing any legislation harder. Uh, House uh, sort of speaker pro tempore is uh, not one of those words that rolls off the, the tongue easily. Uh, this is an, a party which can be torn apart by one member, as Matt Gates did to bring down the speaker the first time ever. A speaker has been defeated um, during their term. Not some of them have resigned, knowing this might happen. Uh, so the Republican Party in, in disarray. I mean, those who have come forward fairly close to Trump uh, and nothing, no sort of answer to who the next speaker is going to be, I think, close at hand. So this is, um, as you say, it is, it is a clown show from afar. It doesn't reflect well on American democracy. Well, speaking of uh, Matt Gates, will his motion to vacate rule uh, remain in place, uh, Brendan? Yeah, I mean, remarkable that one member of the House of Representatives can say, uh, you know, bring uh, a vote to the floor on whether the Speaker survives or not. And that was a factor of Kevin McCarthy being so weak that he was able to give up, give create this rule, uh, which basically led to his own demise. So, so there is some talk even of McCarthy coming back, which is remarkable to think about. But I think the overall message is that these people who have no commitment to any process, no commitment to legislation, but a lot of commitment to getting a lot of attention like Matt Gates, have got this major role in American politics at the moment. You could say Trump is one of those people. Um, well, talk, talking about the Donald, I yearn for a time when we can do a whole program without mentioning, but uh, his latest brush with the law involves a fraud case in New York over Trump's inflated uh, or inflating the value of his assets. Is it uh, water off a Donald Duck's back or something more? Well, you could say that sort of businessman Trump is kind of 20th century Trump and he's kind of moved on to reality television and, and politics and circus. I mean, it's uh, in some ways a blow to him for his if his businesses are deregistered to his pride and maybe his capacity to sort of raise money. Um, there's a sense that the fraud's around $2.2 billion, so that's not a small amount. A lot of it comes down to Trump claiming that the brand is worth, you know, double the valuation of properties by independent valuers. I think Mar-a-Lago at a, something like a billion dollar worth is one of the one of the uh, trumped up and kind of inflated assets in the case. So it's, it's, it's again... Kind of, I suppose it's like Gulliver being sort of lots of uh, people <laughs> <laughs> holding them down at many points. But as we know from the past, you know, Trump has been able to face multiple kind of claims, multiple indictments, and this will not lead to jail. So it's a it's a, it's an irritant more than I think something that's going to fully hold him back. Let's go from one uh, conspiracy theorist to another. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says he'll run for the uh, the presidency as an independent, reminding me of when Ralph Nader did this as a Green candidate. Are Democrats are worried. Could this uh, be a, a spoiler for Biden's second term effort? 
You'd think so. You'd think, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the son of Robert Kennedy, um, that you know, the nephew of uh, JFK, that this was going to be um, this is going to be a problem for the Democrats. But it's the Republicans who have reacted pretty strongly in the last day or so, saying that Kennedy is, you know, nothing other than a sort of establishment Democrat. Where there's, I think, some worry that that he could take some votes off Trump. He's associated himself recently with Alex Jones, with Michael Flynn, who some might remember from the early Trump days as the national security advisor who's gone on a sort of tour of weirdness ever since. And Trump, Trump, I think, has there is some overlap with the conspiratorial arguments of, of Robert Kennedy Jr. He's become, I suppose, the voice of anti-vaxxers, of the COVID denialists. He's uh, claims all sorts of things going back to his uncle about the security state and the intelligence state of the United States. So it's hard to know. I mean, he, he did shoot up on the popularity for a time there. So I, I, I think it's a dangerous candidacy for potentially for Biden, but the Democrats are trying to play it cool and say, you know, there's no, no, no worries for them here. Of course, the Kennedy clan isn't happy about uh, Robert's candidacy. Yes, well, it's a bit of a besmirchment, isn't it, on a, on the name of uh, the family in the association with the Democratic Party, which still a number of them are very closely associated with. So I think he's, you know, he's a pretty rogue force in American politics, but it, it's reflective of this very negative view of, of the government, of the authorities, of experts. It, it reflects a much deeper kind of questioning of all sorts of forms of authority in the United States and, in fact, kind of truth itself. There was that old kind of Daniel Patrick Moynihan line that you're entitled to your own opinions but not your own facts, and it seems increasingly people want to have their own facts as well. If you don't think this is uh, Bruce Shapiro speaking, you're absolutely right. It's uh, Brendan O'Connor. Before I let you go, Biden is also having his uh, affairs investigated. What's at stake? Well, I suppose it's just mud being thrown around, isn't it? I mean, the more people hear the name Hunter Biden, the less they're thinking about sensible policy on the environment or dealing with kind of number of the world's problems. So, you know, that is not, you know, Joe Biden's sort of favoured kind of conversation to be had. There's, there are you know, Joe Hunter Biden's past isn't one that's a, a kind of Boy Scout American kind of uh, Eagle style. So that, that there's largely a lot of, I think, scuttlebutt from the Republicans. It's a lot of, sort of mischief making, but it will drain the kind of national conversation as many other things have from kind of much more serious issues. Good on you, Brendan, and thanks for coming on at such short notice. Brendan O'Connor, Professor of US Politics and US Foreign Relations at the University of Sydney's United States Studies Centre. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.